Jesus has died to restore the whole of God's creation. We are so familiar with the brokenness of the world that we think it is normal. He sees as problems things which we dismiss as simply the way things are. No, that is not the way they are. That is the way that they are broken. He has a grand scheme, a plan, a purpose which he relentlessly pursues, namely the restoration of his creation. He is not satisfied with tape and glue, with some cobbled together smaller thing, fragile and a dim reminder of what once was. He is after the whole thing, restored, renewed, resurrected from the death of division. Welcome to the Sand Hills Lutheran Ministry Podcast. I am Pastor John Edding. The theme of this sermon on the second Sunday after Christmas is the death of division. This is a sermon on Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 14. Thanks be to God. Let's get to the sermon. Grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote the poem Christmas Bells on Christmas Day of 1864 after his son Charles was wounded while fighting in the Civil War. Here's the original version, which includes reference to cannon fire and hope for peace. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black, accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. This song echoes what the angels said to the shepherds announcing the birth of the baby Jesus. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. Luke chapter 2 verse 14. Although the country remained uh, at war as Longfellow wrote the poem, he expressed his hope that peace would return to the country. Following the Civil War, Longfellow's poem was put to music, but the stanzas directly related to the Civil War were omitted from the carol. Now, you can literally omit or remove those words about division, in this case, political division, from the carol, but you and I can readily admit that doesn't change anything about the reality of division, then, as well as in our day and age. Division, as seen in fallen people and a fallen creation, are still, in a manner of speaking, quite alive and well. Unity seems to be so far away right now. We are a divided people, and there seems to be forces and people who are exacerbating those divisions. Political divisions seem particularly contentious right now. People won't even talk to another about politics or their differing 
visions for the way we order our society. The mood of the day seems to be, agree with me or die. Generational divisions are also being hyped. I read an article the other day about how people are cutting off their parents if they are insufficiently on board with the effort to do or undo, that is, systemic racism or environmental concerns. Geopolitical divisions are also increasing. Russia is threatening to invade Ukraine. The U.S. is staging a diplomatic boycott of the Olympics in China. The deep inequities in some nations are causing mass exoduses of people and creating tensions on borders. In the letter, Paul offers a definitive word on the controversy which had vexed his entire ministry, the inclusion of the Gentiles with the Jews in the kingdom of God. His second chapter reverberates with God's gracious inclusion of both. The dividing wall of hostility is broken down. Jesus is our peace, and upon him, as a cornerstone, God builds a single church. The opening verses of Paul's letters normally start off with Paul's thanksgivings and prayer for the audience, and he gets to those in verse 14 and following. But here in verses 3 to 14, he engages in a doxology and recounting of God's great work for us. Paul here lays the foundation for everything that follows. I find this easier to get if I outline it. Paul tells us that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing, just as we were chosen by God to be holy and blameless in Christ. Verses 3 through 4. Here are the blessings a predestined adoption as sons. God has committed himself to us as a father loves his children. The emphasis is on the adoption, not the predestination here. God planned this out, but it is love and grace which we are dealing with, not raw power here. We belong to God who loves us, but not by some genetic right, but by God's gracious decision, verses 5 through 6. And then 7 through 8, in Christ we have redemption, forgiveness through Jesus' blood. Verses 9 through 10, unity, which God, or which Paul calls a mystery revealed in God's grace. This makes no sense to our human reckoning, but God's goal is that all things in heaven and on earth be united in Christ. A heavenly inheritance guaranteed by the Holy Spirit and given through faith, first to the Jews who hoped in Christ, and then second to the Gentiles who believed in the message proclaimed. I, I am attracted today to the goal or the purpose statement which Paul appends to the end of this paragraph. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Yes, God has redeemed and forgiven us, lavished grace and wisdom upon us, but all this is because God has a purpose, a goal, which in fact is not about making me happy or meeting my perceived needs. He is uniting his 
whole creation, heaven and earth, once more. My forgiveness, my resurrection, all of it belongs to that purpose. Paul says that this is God's ultimate, ultimate plan. This is where this is all heading. God is uniting all things in heaven and earth once more. Now, this removal and healing of division starts with Jesus. As a 12-year-old child, he is found talking to the teachers of the law today. These are the very fellows who will put him on a cross on Good Friday. He goes to them first after his bar mitzvah, when he first claims to be a child of Abraham. He goes right into the thick of it. He reaches across all the boundaries, gives us another vision. We are rich with God's wisdom Secure in his love, we do not come to the troubles of this world from a position of poverty and inadequacy, but with the very treasure and power of God. The divisions, which seem so big to the pundits, are in fact small potatoes when compared to the real problems. But division and divisions go much deeper, including the next two, the division which is sin and the division that is death. First, sin. Sin divides us as well, even within the unity of family, congregation, and community. Old grudges and new enmities abound. The world is great at scorekeeping, but not at healing. Are we just trapped in an endless cycle of revenge? Jesus has redeemed us and all creation. Sin, which renders us raw and angry and difficult to get along with, is not the whole truth, not even the larger truth. Jesus has redeemed us in his blood, forgiven our sins and the sins of the other. That is far more important than any sin they have committed. We are not doomed to lives of scorekeeping and grudge-bearing. And then secondly, the division that is death. And but the things above are simply the ways that disillusion seems apparent to the world in which I live, God sees the universe, and my own death is a division within a little corner of his universe, a separation of body and soul, a lessening of his created order. Jesus has risen from the dead. The dissolution of the universe, which began on that dismal day when Adam and Eve first disobeyed, has been reversed. Death itself is being undone, running backwards. God is pushing forward to his goal of uniting all things in heaven and on earth as he always desired them to be united. Now, Christmas in the larger culture often is seen as saccharine and a superficial moment. If the world looks for depth, it finds it in even more emotion. It does not really allow Jesus to be Jesus or God's incarnate word to speak into our lives Jesus came into the flesh because this world is really messed up, broken beyond all recognition. We may decry the degradation of the environment, but God is the ultimate environmentalist. Jesus has died to restore the whole of God's creation. We are so familiar with the brokenness of the world that we think it is normal. He sees as problems things which we dismiss as simply the way things are. No, that is not the way they are. That is the way that they are broken. He has a grand scheme, a plan, a purpose, which he 
relentlessly pursues, namely the restoration of his creation. He is not satisfied with tape and glue, with some cobbled-together smaller thing, fragile and a dim reminder of what once was. He is after the whole thing restored, renewed, resurrected from the death of division. But Jesus, talking to the teachers of the law, growing in stature and wisdom, incarnate within this creation, is the fulcrum moment of God's creation. He has come into the world for a divine purpose. It is much larger than my happiness or getting a little corner of heaven. This is God reconciling all things, heaven and earth, to himself. I am but a little part of that plan, and I rejoice that this plan is for my blessing, but I am also blessed to have been given this revelation from God. I am part of something huge. I should not think I will understand it all, but God has revealed and Paul has transmitted to me, this is where things are going. The goal is the death of division. All things, not just me, but all things will be reconciled to God in the Christ who redeemed us, forgave our sins, rose for our justification. God's plans are big. And when the Son of God returns to judgment, the ugly sound of the cannon fire of division will be silenced once and for all, and the words of the poet are fulfilled. And this song the angels said to the angels, or excuse me, to the shepherds, announcing the birth of the baby Jesus are realized. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Merry Christmas. Amen.